Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of PLP Talks, where we have interesting conversations with people we know in the bike industry. And today's guest, you may know him from his Instagram feed as Bicycle Nomad, but we're going to talk with Eric Cedeno about Bicycle Nomad, the brand, the cafe, how the whole thing came about. We're also going to talk about the importance of building a community around a bike shop. Eric's been really successful with leading a photo ride out of uh, the bike shop that the cafe is adjacent to in Phoenix, Arizona. And he also leads uh, overnight bike camping trips. So we're going to talk about why that's important. We also talk about bike packing and people of color, how we're underrepresented, what the industry can do to help change that, and why we need to have this conversation in the first place. It's another great episode, and it's made possible by listeners and viewers like you. And this episode is also supported by Whitefish Bike Retreat. Learn more about them at whitefishbikeretreat.com. It's truly a magical place that caters to bike packers, bike tourists, mountain bikers, and gravel cyclists. You can either camp outside on their property or stay in one of their private rooms or bunk rooms. The Whitefish Bike Retreat also has a full-on bike repair area, as well as a small shop that lets you rent and buy bike packing gear so you can try before you buy. And there's also an amazing network of single track on property that connects to the larger Whitefish uh, single track network. So if you're passing through on your Great Divide journey or if you're just looking for a bikey place to base camp, definitely check out the Whitefish Bike Retreat. So with all that said, put on your earbuds, pretend like you're working at work. It's okay, we won't tell, and enjoy the episode. And today's guest I'm super stoked to have. We've actually met him in person before, and you probably follow him on Instagram, and if you don't, you should. Uh, today we're going to interview Eric Cedeno of Bicycle Nomad. So thanks for being on the show, Eric. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you again for calling me back. <laughs> So we've done a shop visit with you, and that video is on our YouTube channel, but I really wanted to do a deeper dive just because I think we were a little bit rushed in that initial interview. Um, so tell us a little bit about Bicycle Nomad as the brand and how it became the cafe it is today. Yeah, um, I will have to go back about four years ago. I was traveling from St. Louis, I mean, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, up to um Canada, uh, Niagara Falls, Canada. And what I was doing is I was retracing the history of the Underground Railroad by bicycle. And and one of those um, uh, days of traveling without music, just 10 hours on the bike, I came up with the idea, if I ever have a brand, I'm going to call it Bicycle Nomad. Mm-hmm. And mainly was to promote the lifestyle, um, to sh- motivate people to travel by bicycle. Also, I wanted to wear t-shirts that represented my lifestyle and I couldn't find anything out there at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, about four years ago, I decided to create bicycle nomad, um, had someone worked on the designs, um, on the logo and about three years ago came into Phoenix, uh, August of 2015 came into Phoenix and walked into the Velo bike shop and had the space available for a cafe. And I asked the owner, hey, is there a way I could sublease the place? At the time, he said, well, it's not available. Uh, looked at me like I had three eyes, uh, which I do, but he can't see one. And, um, and he said, well, tell me your vision. And I told him the vision. And he said, I recognize you. And I'm like, uh, no, I don't think you do because I'm from Miami, Florida. I'm just passing through here. And... 
I kept telling him my vision and he kept interrupting me and said, I recognize you. I was like, no, you can't because I'm not from here. The third time he said, oh, you're the guy from Bicycle Nomad. And that uh, able, was able to open the door where he said, well, let me listen to your um, vision. And um, at, at, at the end of the conversation, he says, well, I'm not going to say yes or no, but let's keep in touch. And we never kept in touch. But two months later, he called me and said, hey, I think that it will be a great idea to, ha to, to have the first Bicycle Nomad Cafe here in Phoenix, here at the Velo, and we could work hand in hand. Um, and, and then from there on, October 15 or, through, or 2015, we opened. Cool. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they might, if they haven't visited, they might not realize that you're part of um, a, a bike shop, like the cafe portion. I think that's one thing that's really cool about what you're doing is, at least for, for me, and I'm sure some, some other people as well, like I would not think of Phoenix as like a, a bicycling destination. <laughs> but after seeing, you know, watching your shop online and seeing the, the number of bike travelers coming through, I'm like, hmm, maybe, maybe there's something to this, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. And then, you know, we, we are on the southern tier. Uh, we're about 12 miles from the actual route, which is Tempe. But people are coming into Phoenix uh, because of the because of the downtown, because also the Bicycle Nomad Cafe, and that's pretty cool. But we're also growing our community within Phoenix and promoting the lifestyle um, to travel by bicycle, to use the bicycle as a as a method of, of uh, transportation, and for people to to commute, especially downtown Phoenix or uh, Phoenix itself, the Metro Phoenix. It's pretty flat, mm -hmm. so uh, it's easy to travel by bicycle, especially now um, with this weather being so perfect, you know. Right. So we do, uh, currently we're doing, uh, every three months we do overnight uh, camping trips uh, to uh, one of my favorite camping ground in Arizona called the Lust Dutchman, uh, which is about 38 or 40 miles from our coffee shop, and, and uh, it's really a good intro to get people uh, traveling by bike. And uh, the last one, and I just started that with a few friends, two or three friends. And then through social media, it grew. And I was getting DMs and messages like, hey, I want to join you guys on the next one. So the next one was 11. And the, and the last one we had was about 22 people that joined, uh, but, which is probably the cap, uh, because that was a lot of people. Uh, we're, we're working on uh, another one coming up in March as well. So we're excited to uh, be a part of bicycle um, to Phoenix to increase the people traveling by bicycle, uh, but also around the world. Yeah, I've, I've, I followed you guys, and it looks like you do another program where, where it's kind of like a photography bike ride. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, one of the reasons um, I wanted to create a community was because I didn't have that um, 10 years prior to um, uh, opening the cafe. I pretty much was a nomad. I lived a nomadic lifestyle, so I was everywhere. And, but I wasn't part of anything. And so when I came in, uh, the first thing before I opened the shop, I visited um, Angry Catfish in Minneapolis. I visited Heritage, Heritage Bicycles in Chicago and, and went up to Melo Johnny's and Juan Pelota in Austin just to see what worked in those coffee shops slash bike shops and what didn't work. And one of the things that they told me was, you have to create a community space. And that stuck in me. And they said, it was that, that simple. You just have to create a community space. So I started working out 
what can I do to build community within Phoenix mm -hmm. to make to make bicycle uh, more accessible to people. So uh, we created the Footer Ride uh, because obviously we uh, the brand grew through Instagram and social media. And within this community in Phoenix, I had a lot of friends that are with our Instagrammers. So they were like, why don't we do a bicycle photo ride? And I thought it was a great idea, not only to go out and take pictures, but to promote Phoenix as a destination, which helps people come back into Phoenix, hopefully come into the Bicycle Nomad Cafe. So everything tied in. And I just thought it was a great idea to promote Phoenix um, and to see Phoenix in a different light. So we choose three locations, three to four locations every time, and we use the bicycle as a method of transportation to go from location to location. Mm -hmm. And that's um, and uh, we're on our 15th or 16th uh, photo ride. So really cool. Cool. <laughs> so for both the photo ride and like the overnight bike tour that you do, is all the promotion just on Instagram? Yeah, it's through Instagram, word of mouth. Um, I think word of mouth is actually more uh, effective to, for us than Instagram, even though it goes out. But our Instagram is worldwide. And um, and, and locally, people are like, oh, you got to come to this uh, event called the Photo Ride. Um, and we every time we take people into a garage, Every the last photo is always at the garage. And we climb about six to eight stories high and we're able to take photos from downtown skyline and also the sunset. Um, and people never had those kind of experience because people never thought, oh, I could climb up the garage <laughs> and take some good pictures from up there. So uh, people leave uh, the event really happy and telling other people. So they always bring in more people into, um, into the photo ride and the overnight. We also do the second, the second Saturday ride, which uh, we partner with an advocacy group called Phoenix Spokespeople. And they help us uh, uh, map and route our, our, our bicycle rides, usually about 15 miles and 12 miles an hour, very chill pace, we're cruising, and really is to promote and show people where they could travel by bicycle, which um, uh, bicycle infrastructure they could use. We use bike lane, bike path, uh, underpass, so, and, and those we do at the second Saturday of every month. And we usually have about 50 people that join us. So that's pretty cool too. Cool. So do you think the community building helps the bike shop that you're a part of? Yeah, definitely. Um, the, uh, we work hand in hand. Uh, there's times where uh, people are riding a bicycle and they come from one of our um, rides and they don't, you know, they might not be happy with their bike. So now they go into the bike shop and say, you know what, let me test this one bike that I saw uh, before. And so it, it works hand in hand because then some people are, are, they get a flat tire and the mechanic say, hey, instead of going home, it's only going to take me 45 minutes. Why don't you just have a smoothie or coffee or Coco Espresso, which is what we're known for. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's kind of a, a fascinating relationship because I've, I've spoken to a lot of different bike shop owners and, you know, the really successful ones always bring up the idea of building a community and the challenge for many people, for many shop owners and employees is that, you know, it's at that moment, it's not a direct link to sales and it's a big time suck, but ultimately it's kind of like a long-term kind of strategy and benefit to, to the shop. 
Yeah, I mean, people become loyal um, because you're doing things for them. See, you could go to another coffee shop, but what are they doing for you, right? Other than serving you coffee, right? So, but here we do activities. You know, I serve you coffee, but yet I'll take you out on an overnight camping trip or we'd go on a photo ride. And that's why um, you see um, in my shop about 70% of the people that come daily are uh, regulars. But um, also on the bike rides, um, the regulars, they come and they um if they don't come and they don't have to, they'll send me a DM, say, hey, I'm so sorry, I can't make it. They feel almost obligated to come but because they're a part of a family. We're not just a bike ride, but we created like a family, a community, what we were talking about. Yeah. Right. So for your overnight uh, bike trip, what is it uh, largely new people or are they experienced people or what's the breakdown in uh, levels of experience? It's, I think it's a, it's a mixture of things. And we, we tell people, um, even if they don't have bike ride, uh, racks or, or panniers or bags, or, uh, if their bike is not set up to, to travel with their gear, we actually um, have a, a vehicle that will support us. And we put in like their camping gears there. We encourage people to travel with their gear so they can see how it feels. But it's a, it's a financial um, investment. And um, on, on, on buying paneers and, and racks and stuff. And so I just tell people, say, see if you like it. You know, it's not for everyone. Uh, you know, you either love it or hate it. More, most of the people that I know love it. Uh, but so it's just an introduction. But also we have people that have traveled around the country and the world that join us. And, and, and they're happy to share because we all started there. I remember when I first started traveling by bike, I didn't know what to do. But uh, through people and through forums and Adventure Cycling Association, uh, it actually helped me. So I just want to bring people in to the lifestyle and, and, and show them um, how to travel by bicycle. Mm -hmm. for, the, for the newbies that do show up on your ride, what, what do you see as their biggest barrier? Is it the financial like, outlay of, of all the gear? Um, yeah, I would, I, I would say so. I would say it's the financial, um, you know, trying to fork out for um, camping gear and, 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 and racks and panniers, you know. So, but I always tell people, just do it little by little. You could also buy used, you know. So, um, and that's why I encourage people and, hey, say, just come in. You have the bike uh, that will hold 40 miles and then um, just come in. And, and you will like it, you know. So people say, oh, that's pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, after that last ride, uh, people are in, uh, like, hey, when's the next one? I, I want to be a part of the next one. And so they're excited. So how did, let's let's go back and how did you first discover bike touring? Was it, did you see a, a loaded cyclist or see it in the magazine or what was that initial hook? You know, I actually never saw anything about adventure cycling. I'm trying to go back 10 years ago. I was like, how did I start? But how I started was I was always looking for challenges. And I got bored. I, was, I grew up in Miami. And I was bored with the same routes over and over. So I decided one day, I'm going to go from Miami to West Palm Beach. And that's only a 75-mile trip. But I decided to stay up there and then come back the next day. I never looked into adventure cycling or saw a magazine. I just just got bored of riding the same routes. The following, and I did it several times, and I loved it. I just loved the challenge, and I loved seeing new things. It's how I feed my soul, by looking at new things. So 
one time then I rode from Miami to Key West, which is about 155 miles, and I fell in love with it. <clears throat> and I did it several times. And I kept looking for other routes. Never thought about just leaving my comfort zone. So I stayed in Miami to somewhere in Miami until I started working as an um, as an independent contractor, as a freelancer. So I, I usually had two months or three months off. I only worked about nine months to 10 months out of a year. And when that happened, I decided, hmm, what am I going to do for two months? You know, so I did. Decided to do um, to look into um, traveling from border to border, and that's when I came across a, a big community of bicycle travelers, a history of bicycle travelers. Came across Adventure Cycling Association, and I saw that there was uh, something called the Pacific Coast Highway route. So I didn't have to create a route, and um, so I, that was my first trip from Canada to Mexico. And uh, I, I, I couldn't sleep. Uh, I would go at 2 o'clock in the morning, I would wake up and go into the forums and ask questions about bicycle, about camping, about routes, about uh, um, I'm, I'm vegan. So I had to ask, how do people travel on a, on a long trip like that, being on a plant-based diet? So every day I would just, it, it's, it's something that I would just um, dream about. And it was only in my head. 24 7 <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah still is <laughs> yeah i remember the first time that we uh experienced uh bike touring it was actually on the car road trip we, we drove from uh, southern california to canada and we were going on pch around big sur and i saw you know for the first time like fully loaded bikes and i was like what the fuck is that <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah yeah I love seeing that. I love seeing that when I travel around by, by car and then I, I sometimes if I have the time, I pull over and and talk to them because I always like to see um, people's story, you know, uh, but I'm also interested in the history of bicycle traveling. So one of the things that you will see on my social media uh, is promoting the lifestyle, like I mentioned, but I also like to promote the history of bicycle nomad, um, bicycle traveling, which uh, goes 1800, mm -hmm. 1890s. And uh, for me, it was amazing. And, I, and I, on, on, on Throwback Thursday, I always um, uh, put a picture of a bicycle traveler from, from the early 1900s or late 1800s. So. Do you have a sense of like if you see more people traditionally bike touring or bike packing that come through the shop? I think it's a combination of two, um, and, and I think it's more because of where we're located. We're located in Phoenix, Arizona, so there's a lot of routes where you could go bikepacking. Uh, Bikepacking.com recently did um, uh, a route that goes out of the cafe and goes about five, five to six days up to the Tonto uh, National Forest, and it creates a loop that comes back. Uh, through social media, they have promoted it on bikepacking.com, uh, on their blog, and also on our social media. And we're seeing, like, many people coming through. Uh, it's just a lot of fun to travel. And then also, if um, I'm not sure if everyone is familiar with the uh, Black Canyon Trail, which is um, listed as the top five, uh, one of the top five um, bikepacking routes in the U.S., and it's uh, just a few miles from, from Phoenix. So, so we're getting a lot of bikepackers coming through. Uh, but also, we're on the southern tier route, 
Um, and so we're getting a lot of touring. So I, I say that we get a combination of both. Well, I want to talk a little bit about uh, bike touring as a person of color, because uh, I don't yeah. think it gets discussed enough. Um, you know, if you just kind of flip through the, the bike touring, bike packing Instagram, it's it's fairly like one colored. <laughs> do you, do yes. you think that's because do you, is that representational? Like there are, just aren't people of color doing it or, or, or are we just not uh, and posting on Instagram? <laughs> I think it's a combination of bo- both and more is growing now because of Instagram. Um, um, one of the things and one of the missions when I created Bicycle Nomad in my head was to promote the lifestyle of bicycle traveling, but also to push uh, the, 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 the barrier to, to have people of color um, travel by bicycle. It was very interesting because all these ideas came uh, when I was traveling the Underground Railroad, um, which is called the Freedom Trail. Um, so I traveled plenty of times before that trip, but because of that trip being so historical uh, of the Underground Railroad, um, my social media elevated, uh, Twitter, um, Instagram, um, and I think that encouraged people to, of color to travel by bicycle. Um, and one of the missions, again, of Bicycle Nomad is to push that. To um, Anytime I have um, an opportunity to uh, promote um, people of color traveling by bike, I do it. Um, and also women as well, because I think um, uh, there's a lot of women doing some amazing trips and um, they either don't post it on Instagram or they don't get on the, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure what the, uh, but I know what I need to do for the brand, which is also uh, always promote that, you know? So um, yeah, that's a mission of mine to get more people of color to travel by bicycle, especially uh, a historical route like the Underground Railroad. And mm-hmm. there's other historical routes uh, that people could travel. And, and, and I, th- I think when you travel with a purpose, uh, it gives you, uh, it's more interested because you're like, oh, I learned this in college or I learned this in high school. Uh, but it's more interested because uh, you connect with it, you know. So. Right. Yeah. Have you had uh, people reach out to you saying something like, you know, I didn't know that I could do this, you know, until I saw someone like you doing it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I get people uh, DM it all the time. I had a guy who's uh, a dark-skinned uh, Filipino, and he's like, I love seeing your feet because I never saw another person doing it, especially of color. Um, and when I saw you, it, it just inspired me. And he recently came through the cafe uh, and rode the, the Southern Tier from San Diego to Florida. So um, that's, that was so cool to hear that story. And, and it gives me fuel, right, to keep going, you know, to keep pedaling and to and to promote and, and to keep going with Bicycle Nomads because uh, as a business owner, everything is up and down, everything is up and down. But those those things uh, and those history and those stories of people keep me push, pushing up, you know? Yeah. And those are kind of like we get, I get those messages on occasion and those are like the most like, in some ways heartbreaking, but also inspiring messages at the same time. Yes. Like, you know, I didn't know a person yeah. that looked like me could could do that until I saw like someone that looked like me doing that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, I, you know, that's the beauty of, uh, of social media. I think um, the lifestyle has grown and uh, more because of, of Instagram. And now people are able to uh, 
um, you know, follow someone uh, and, and see their adventures, you know. And I have a lot of people that follow Bicycle Nomad because of the adventures that I have done in the past. But some people follow me because I have dreadlocks. Right. And all of a sudden, and all of a sudden they see me traveling by bike and they saw that I, I'm doing a presentation about the Underground Railroad and somehow it connects and say, you know, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that's pretty interesting how things connect. Mm-hmm. Like, is there like I feel like that's kind of like a big discussion in the industry is like including more women, including more people of color into like the conversation. Do you have any like theories or ideas that that you think could could help? Yeah, oh, for for sure, <laughs> uh, many ideas. Um, uh, mainly, mainly um, start using people that uh, of color and women on their social media, on their magazines on um, uh, promoting their, their, their product, you know, because there's a lot of people of color traveling by bicycle. But uh, when you look through the magazine, no one represents who I am. And, you know, and I'm going through magazines and everybody looks the same. So I think we start there, right, to, mm-hmm. to be an example. So someone who's 10 years old or 15 years old that may be thinking because they saw it on Instagram to travel by bicycle. Um, I want them to see examples of, of people that look like them, you know, mm-hmm. and I think we start there. I, right. I think we start by promoting that mm-hmm. um, to push in um, on those brands to push uh, people of color and women. Yeah. 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 I've gone into to fly fishing recently and <laughs> you know, if you think bicycling is bad, <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. You know, I'm like, holy cow. You know, like it, like getting into fly fishing and seeing fly fishing media, it's made me like acutely aware of, you know, these issues, especially like my other passions like bicycling. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I can see that. (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, definitely. It's, uh, uh, there's a lot of work to be done, but I think um, if if we start there uh, promoting people of colors because there's a lot of people out there and there's uh, a lot of money uh, yeah. <laughs> for for those brands to 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 bring in you know bicycle um paneers uh, just any 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 brand that um i i don't see that right now yeah i mean i feel like the you know if you only kind of represent the same thing you've been representing you're just you're selling more products to the same people instead of like reaching yeah. other people. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Definitely. Yeah. I want to go back to uh, community building a little bit. What are kind of like the lessons that you've learned in, in building a community around the cafe and the bike shop that you think other, you know, bike shops could implement? Yeah. I, I think one of the things that you mentioned was to me was in, um, and when I spoke to, those shops that I mentioned earlier, Anger Catfish, uh, Heritage Bicycle, and at Mellow Johnny's, they never talked about money. They just talked about community. You know, the money follows. So to me, it was never about um, how I could um, help my register. It was also, it was always about bringing people to, uh, to feel like part of the brand. Because one of the things that I had trouble in uh, at the beginning of the brand, people say, oh, um, you're the bicycle nomad. I'm like, no, I'm one of many. So mm-hmm. because I am not bicycle nomad, there's so many and there were so many before me. So I want people to be um, feel attached to the brand because they're a bicycle nomad. And we recently started um, hashtagging I am bicycle nomad and I and 
and asking people to hashtag I am bicycle nomad to be featured on our on our feed. Um, and, and it's how you create the community, you know, and, and, and be consistent. Right. So listen, um, our rides, our second side of the rides, our photo rides are year round. Um, here right now we have perfect weather, but in the summer we have weather between 110, 120. And guess what? There's still people coming out. Not as many as now. Right now we have 50 people, maybe uh, 15 people show up. But I never cancel the event because I know that people, just like me, they want to travel by bicycle or they want to um, uh, pedal. So I think being consistent um, with the message like, hey, we're going to do this and, and, and constantly um, do it and uh, inviting people um, and I think, uh, yeah, being consistent is, is one of the things that I would tell people to to mm-hmm. be and and um, and always looking for for other ways to be a part of it. Um, just give you an example. Um, a couple of weeks ago, there's a film bar. Film bar is a small independent. They show independent movies and foreign movies right by my shop. They contacted me, say they had a movie called uh, uh what is it called? Racing from Ashes. You ever seen that movie from Rhonda? Um, uh, check it out. Racing from Ashes. Um, they they were showing that movie, and, but their their uh, ticket sales were low. So they contacted me and said, "Hey, if we give you two tickets, can you mm-hmm. um, promote it on your Instagram on your social media?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Yeah." They're neighbors. We right. could work with each other. It's about community. Not only to create a community, but to have neighbors that will support you when you need it too you know so i said yeah give me two tickets and i didn't know what to do with them so what i did is a scavenger hunt Mm -hmm. that one day we um um, uh, gave out uh, the two tickets hats merchandise bicycle nomad t-shirts stickers and we went around the city and um, gave clues on our instagram on where they were and um, and it was pretty pretty cool to do that kind of thing. So always thinking about what else can I do um, for my community. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. yeah, sounds like a lot of the the same best practices for building a YouTube channel, like always showing up <laughs> and trying to figure out some way to kind of serve your you know community or, or viewership with you know either entertainment or education. I'll wrap up with one last question. If someone makes a journey to to Bicycle Nomad Cafe, what should they order? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so many drinks that we're known for, uh, but the Coco Espresso is uh, is is uh, is what we're known for right now. Uh, it's our signature drink. It's the house drink, and what we do is uh, we grab uh, a Thai coconut and we take out uh, two ounces to put two ounces of espresso. Um, so it's almost like having an Americano, but with coconut water. Uh, we also have the sweet and salty drink, which is a three-layer drink where we put caramel on the bottom, uh, coffee and milk in the middle. And then on the top, we make this home whipping cream and we infuse it with sea salt. Huh. So on the top, it's really salted and on the bottom <laughs> is uh, sweet. So, uh, yeah. And definitely our burritos are well known. We have breakfast burrito. We're vegan burritos uh, and steak burritos. So, um, Yeah. Cool. I hope that everyone comes in. If you're in Phoenix, uh, it's a must stop. Yeah, 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 definitely. If you guys are uh, anywhere in Phoenix, be sure to stop by the Bicycle Nomad Cafe. And I think we're going to wrap up here. So if you like this video, like, share, subscribe. If you have any other questions for Eric, leave those in the comments below. 
I'll get him to answer them. And thank you, Eric, so much for joining us today. <laughs> Russ, thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you do for uh, our lifestyle, for bikepacking, for touring, and uh, bike fishing now. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks again for listening or watching. And if you discovered this on iTunes, be sure to rate and uh, leave a review. Spread the love, share it. And until next time, ride bikes, travel, and do good.